Hey, do you need a UK representative, a Swiss representative or a European authorized representative for your medical device industry? Okay, so you can contact now Easy Medical Device at info at easymedicaldevice.com info info at easymedicaldevice.com and we'll help you for that. So talk to you soon. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy Podcast. I am Munir Alazuzi, a medical device expert specialized on quality and regulatory affairs. My mission is to help you learn how to place a compliant medical device on the market. For that, I share with you my experience and the one of others on this podcast. Are you ready for your dose of regulation and standards today? Okay, so let the show begin. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy Podcast. Here is Munir Alazuzi from easymedicaldevice.com and today we'll talk about a topic that a lot of people ask me a lot of questions about. So we'll talk about vigilance reporting. Uh, so I'm by my own today. So I will try to do the exercise of educating you on uh, vigilance reporting by myself. Uh, so I prepared, if I can say, some, um, some elements to discuss with you. And I wanted to do that like in a in a, in a flow chart, so like uh, from first step to, to the end and explain to you uh, all the elements that you have to take into account when uh, there is a vigilance reporting to do. So we'll not go through all the details. Uh, there is a lot of mention that I will do today uh, where you can go and look uh, at the information. Uh, what I will talk about today is not only about MDR, it's also the same for IVDR. The articles are different, but the content is nearly 90%, 99% the same. Uh, so the idea of today is really to, to help you understand what you should do when there is an issue and maybe be prepared before. And for that, yeah, we'll go through uh, all those different steps that I prepared for you. But remember also that all the documents we'll talk about today they are on the show notes so please go on the show notes and you will see all the all the elements all the templates all the guidances uh, all the uh, the mdcg guidance also that we will be talking about today uh, they will be mentioned on the show notes so don't hesitate to go there for uh, maybe um, opening them while we are discussing uh, if you want so just to uh, just to uh, look at uh, the elements i'm talking about when when we are talking about it Okay, um, so first uh, I wanted to discuss about uh, something that normally you have to be um, putting in place before a vigilance reporting is happening to, to your company, uh, which is mainly uh, the, the part related to the quality management system. So um, on the EUMDR and IVDR mainly also, uh, we have the mention that you have to have a procedure uh, for uh, for vigilance reporting. So it says, for example, uh, for MDI in Article 10.9, uh, Paragraph K, so processes for reporting of serious incidents and field safety corrective actions in the, concept, in, in the context of vigilance. So mainly, you have to have a process for that. And if you are now looking at the ISO 13485, which is mainly the ISO for quality management system of medical device companies, uh, you can go to the uh, chapter 8.2.3, where it says mainly that the reporting for, uh, it talks about reporting uh, to regulatory authorities. And it says that the organization shall document procedures for providing notification to the appropriate regulatory authorities. So, the recording or the documents that are, will be used for that are, for example, we'll talk about that a bit later, but uh, the MIR form, so Manufacturing uh, Investigation uh, Report form, 
the FSN, so field safety notice. And uh, um, we can also have some other documents like the PSR, the periodic summary report. Uh, so this is document that you can have on your quality management system. Um, don't You don't need to reinvent the wheel. So those documents are already offered by the authorities. Uh, so you can just have them on your system or have a mention of the link on your quality management system where you can find those documents. But you have to be careful if those documents are changing a bit and you are really going too much in detail in those documents, then you'll have also to update your procedure. So it's also important. So um, now that you have, if I can say, uh, put in place your quality management system, um, what can happen is that there is many steps that can happen when there is a vigilance that arises. So first, the issue happened, so you are, you are called a morning and there is like an issue that happened, uh, a big issue that happened, so what to do now? So the objective is then to start uh, to prepare the reporting to the authorities and we'll see later that there is some, 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 some dates, if I can say for that, some timelines. Then you have to investigate on the issue and to identify the root cause, the risk assessment, etc. Then you have to uh, have a check with the competent authority or the competent authority will have a check with you, if I can say, of where you are in your investigation. And then you have to inform the users, maybe make a recall, whatever, so that uh, is needed for uh, solving uh, solving this issue. And we'll talk also at the end about significant change because uh, we had a lot of questions related to the fact that uh, some people are uh, doing some vigilance reporting and they have to update some of their products. Does it affect the rule of significant change, uh, which means that uh, if you are still MDD and uh, you are not uh, uh, compliant to MDR, uh, does it impact your uh, MDD certificate or your MDR certificate so that you have, uh, after a significant change, to move from MDD to MDR? So we'll talk about that also. Okay, so first step. So mainly uh, the issue happened. So you, as I said, you are called one morning. Um, so all the requirements that you have to follow under UMDR and IVDR are in Article 87 of the UMDR and Article 82 of the UIVDR. So you can go through it to have a better understanding. Here we go really uh, slightly on all the, all the requirements. So first, what should you report? I mean, you should not report any complaints that you are receiving. Uh, you have to make an investigation of uh, or, or a check, if I can say, in in your grading of your uh, of your incident. What is this grade? So first, is it a, a serious incident in Europe, not in USA or wherever? In Europe, is there any serious incident? Um, if this incident is really serious, then you have to report it. If this incident is related to a side effect that you already mentioned on your documentation that you don't have to report it, uh, etc. Et so mainly you have, to, it's, it's kind of a, a common sense that um, if, for example, there was one issue, somebody says, oh, uh, there is a side effect which is scratching your your skin because there is some eczema or whatever. And if it was already a, something known and it's a side effect and you know about it, there is no need for reporting because it's known. But there is a case where if this is um, re there is a trend related to that, like too much of people who has this side effect, then you have to do a trend reporting and we'll look at that just after. So first, serious incident, you have to report it. Uh, second, if there is any field safety corrective action that you are doing, like you are correcting a document that you are placing on the field, uh, there is an issue and you are just exchanging some, some of the products because one of them had an issue and other, etc. That happens in the Europe and 
outside of Europe for the same type of products. We are not asking you to do uh, reporting for a product that you are selling only outside of Europe and not in Europe. But if you are selling the same products outside of Europe and in Europe, then you have also to uh, report this field safety corrective action that you are doing. And um, if there is a lot of similar issues that are happening on the market also, uh, and you are reporting each time the same, same, same. So you can also do a, a periodic summary report. So it's mainly that you are talking with the authorities and telling them, okay, we have, we'll have a lot of those issues that are happening. So can we, instead of sending you one um, reporting after the other, you know about it now. So we'll send you a periodic uh, summary report where we'll tell you exactly after a bunch of period of, for example, during the period of six months, here is what happened during that period, here is what happened during the next period, etc., etc. So there is also some kind of uh, element that you can uh, organize with your health authority. So mainly you can do that only, if I can say, with the agreement with the health authority. So you see here we have um, to report any serious incident, any field safety corrective action, uh, if there is a trend, if I can also on that. And in terms of trend reporting, uh, there is some rules to respect. Mainly a trend is something that is um, statistically significant. What does it mean? It means that um, you have an issue. Um, so for example, let's say every month you have a complaint related to uh, one product, the uh, each, each time the same product, uh, each time the same issue, but one, the first one happened in January, the second one happened in March, and then suddenly in April, three complaints of the same thing, in uh, May, uh, seven complaints of the same thing, and in July, 10 complaints of the same thing. So you see here that we have an increase, which is a trend, but you have to define that statistically, this is a trend. How you do that? So there is a biostatistician that can do that for you. Um, you can also look at the IMDRF, so you have that on the show notes, you can look at the IMDRF guidance on uh, trend reporting where it gives you some information, some statistical method that you can use. So uh, it can be maybe something that you can uh, have a look at and put it maybe on your procedures to explain how you, your company is defining uh, any statistical increase, uh, significant increase uh, through a statistical method. Uh, it's important that you have this methodology available, that you have all the rationales for it, etc. because the authority can ask you for that. So can ask you for those documents. So you have to have those documents available uh, so that you can show that, yes, there is really a statistical increase or a proof that there is no statistical increase here, there is no significant increase because statistically it's still on the on the range, if I can say, of the increase, so we are still fine. And you have to have that available uh, for the authorities. And remember, yeah, go to the um, show notes uh, where you can get the IMDRF guidance specifically for trend reporting. So it's not only in the statistical methods, it's telling you what is a trend reporting, etc. Et so it's also something that can be uh, interesting for you. Okay, um, when now, should you report to the authorities? So it's like, okay, the issue happened. Should I report it? I, I heard about it at 2 p.m. Uh, this afternoon. Uh, should I report it now? Or like call the authority immediately? Or do I have one day or two days? Or what, 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 what is mentioned there? So on the regulation, on the MDR and the IVDR, it's mentioned three things. Um, first, if you have an incident, you have to report it immediately. It's always said that immediately. What does it mean immediately? I don't know. But uh, also it says not later than 15 days, one five. So 15 days after you heard about the issue, maximum you have to inform the authorities. Uh, 
This is for an incident, a normal incident. When it's a serious public threat, when you, you, you imagine like it's really impacting a, ha a, a public, if I can say the, a, a large number of people, then here it says the same, you have to inform immediately, but not later, not later than two days after you heard about the issue. So you see here, if we go from 15 days uh, to two days. So there, this is um, because, yeah, there is really a public threat here. If you see one of the incidents is like death or unanticipated serious deterioration of the person's health, then it's immediately, but not later than 10 days. So we go for 15 days to 10 days here. So you see here that there is those timelines that are defined. And maybe you are asking yourself, okay, why not informing immediately means that I heard about it, then I call directly the authorities. It's because normally you have within your quality management system, your procedures, a process that you have to follow internally also when you heard about an issue. For example, you have a complaint that you served. It's a normal complaint, so there is no reporting to do. Or there is really a big incident here, it's non-incident then. Or there is an incident then. You have to establish if this incident is reportable or not. It's something that is existing a lot in the US. And here in Europe, it's the same. So it's like, should I report it or should I not report it? Uh, so mainly here, the process is like there is some decision trees, there is some forms, which is health hazard evaluation. So to verify all that and following the outcomes of those processes or those elements that you are evaluating during uh, from the first day you heard about it until the 15 days or the 10 days or the two days, you have to make a decision to say, should I report that or not? Usually. You are gathering all the information. You are making this investigation. Like we think we know why, why it happened. And we think, yes, it's a really serious incident. Then you present that to your management and the management are normally taking the decision because yeah, I imagine it's not the role of a small engineer to say, yes, I will report a big, an issue that happened when maybe the management will say, no, it's not a, it's not something that we want to do. Um, so this is mainly the decision of the management who has really to uh, take a decision and sign and say, yes, we will report that. Um, and then during these um, elements, so they are, they are really evaluating, yes, we report or no, we don't report. Maybe the decision at the end is like, no, it's uh, just one uh, issue. It's not really serious. Um, we can make a, a, a corrective action and make a, open a kappa internally to solve this issue for, for future uh, um, future occurrences, but this is not really a big issue. So they take the decision and say, no, we don't report that. Uh, and it's not, uh, not needed. There can be also some situation where, um, you don't know, <laughs> you can say, okay, it's balanced. So yes, no, should we report and no, the authority says, if you don't know, if you are not sure, report it, and then we can evaluate that uh, with the authority. So it's not like you are reporting something and then you have a big issue. No, it's you're reporting because you need to report. And then the authorities can tell you, no, it's fine. It's, it's, it's not a big issue. So you can, you can move forward with that, uh, with that. So how to report uh, to the authorities. So mainly to report to the authorities, you have to submit it electronically. Um, so normally on the UMDR and IVDR, it's mentioned that you have to report it through an electronical system, which is normally UDAMED. The problem is that UDAMED is not available. So how to do that? Then you have, uh, you can report it through an email. Uh, you have on the form that we'll talk about uh, a button where you can send directly the elements per email. Um, you can, as I've said, um, maybe not be sure of all the information because you have still information that you are waiting to reserve. 
you have to report it within the timeline even if it's incomplete so even if it's incomplete you have to start to report and say okay this is just a partial report we'll send you the the following report after because we are reaching now the 15 days and you have to report something so um, here is a partial report incomplete and then we'll follow up with an, another one uh, later and this form is called the MIR form so manufacturer uh, incident reporting so mainly where you are um, you are filling the form where you are providing all the information about this incident and then submit that to the authorities. As I said, this form or the link for the form is, uh, is available on the show notes. So you can go and just click on it and you'll have it. Um, when you'll open it with your browser, uh, it will not show up because uh, what it needs, because there is a fillable element and it's not possible with the browser. You have, when you download it, you have to open it directly from your files uh, with Acrobat uh, Reader, Acrobat PDF Reader. Uh, so that you can fill all the information and save it also while you are maybe waiting for more information to come. Uh, so you will don't be surprised if you open it with your browser, with Chrome, with Explorer, whatever. And it gives you a message that uh, it's not possible to open it. Uh, it's just because uh, you have to get out of the browser. You have to open it directly from the file that you are downloading. Um, this file is a 12-page file. So... Um, it contains many sections, so five sections uh, exactly. So the first section is administrative information. It's more about your company, who they are, etc. Uh, the second is about the medical device information, the classification, what's the name, etc., the UDI number. Um, the third one is about the incident, what happened, what's the issue, what's uh, who was impacted, etc. So you have to fill this information, and there are some product, co uh, some incident codes that you have to provide there, and. Uh, it's mentioned inside, uh, there is an IMDRF um, guidance for that, which is one document plus many annexes. And I place that also on the show notes where you can find the incident code that you have to report within your IMIR form. Then you have the manufacturer analysis, so section four, and you have then a general comment. So you can, uh, it's an open box where you can fill all the information that you want about, about it. So all this, the MIR form plus there is also a, a link for a question and answer guidance for the MIR form, uh, plus the IMDRF guidances for the, um, for the codes for, uh, to report. All these are on the show notes, so you can go click on them and then you, you have them available. My advice is uh, download them, keep them somewhere in your files where you will need that. But remember that those documents are always updated. So the best practice is to always go to the link but in the case you they are not available on the link because maybe there is a description of service or whatever on your internet then you have still have them on your on your folders um, in the case that your products contain a substance that is a medical medicinal product substance then you have also to inform the national authority for medicinal products or the ema if it contains the tissues uh, or cells, uh, human tissues or human cells, then you have to, to contact here the computer authority for the human tissues and cells. So you see here that sometimes you have some issues with combination products. So you should not keep just informing the medical device authority, but also the medical, the device, the authority related to the substances of uh, that are contained on your product because maybe the issue is about those substances and then you have to inform so that maybe this authority is informing all the um, companies using this substance that this is a risk that can happen also um, okay so now you informed the authority that there is an issue 
So now what you have to do, you have to define what is to investigate on the, on the issue, to define what is the reason for the issue, what is the risk that this issue happens. Normally you have a, a risk management file where normally this type of issue should be available inside and you have defined probability, occurrence, gravity, severity, etc. Um, first on your process, you have to check if this issue is really existing on your risk management file. If it's not existing, you have to update your risk management file to include this issue and to then give it a rating. Um, and then you have to investigate of root cause, risk assessment, and on actions that you have to put in place. And the authorities will also ask you that. So what are your actions that you will be willing to put in place? And the authorities are checking that those actions are correct, that everything is fine. But the authorities, even before all this system of vigilance, they normally have to put in place also kind of a call center for anybody like a healthcare professional, uh, user, patient, etc., to report any issues that are happening within any product. So for example, if there may be, maybe those patients, healthcare professionals, etc., will not call you, will not report anything to you. They will report directly to the health authority. Then the health authority has to have a system to gather those information and maybe also to inform you and to tell you, hey guy, um, we received a lot of issues about that. Are you aware of it? If you are not aware, please have a look, make your investigation and tell us what you plan to do on that, etc., etc. So this is something that they have to have available also. Um, they have to verify, as I've said, that everything that you are mentioning is correct, that your field safety correction action is okay, that they think everything is fine, and they can ask you, they can audit you, they can audit your documentation uh, for the proof that that um, that you are providing for that. And they have also um, to spread the information to the other competent authorities. So they have to say, okay, hey, we have this manufacturer with this issue, you should know about that. So here is kind of uh, reporting for the other health authorities. And then uh, maybe this is happening within one, two days. And then you as a manufacturer, you have also to inform the public. So you have to say, okay, now I know what is the issue. Now I know what is the action. So then I will provide the field safety notice. Uh, so to tell to the public, here is the issue that happened. Here is the reason for this issue. Here is what we recommend you to do. And what you will recommend is mainly maybe to recall the products or to update a certain part of the instruction for us because there was something wrong on it, etc., etc. What you have to do also is to provide this field safety notice in the language of the country. So mainly it's not like you do everything in English because maybe the people that will receive that, which are patient users or, or other people, they maybe don't understand English. So they have to receive that in the language where you are selling these products. And uh, for that, the, FA, the field safety notice should be also entered into Udamed when Udamed will be available. So it's not. And for the field safety notice, the uh, same. You don't now need to create something. It's already available. Uh, the template is already available. You can go on the show notes and you have the field safety notice uh, form. You have also a guidance for the field safety notice and you will see exactly what, uh, what are the information that should be provided inside. Okay. Now, normally, as I've said, you have uh, the issue happened, you receive the, the information, you made the investigation, you inform the authorities, you uh, made the action plan, you inform the public, etc. Uh, now, maybe one of the actions that you will have to do is to 
update your software or update your product or change the design, change something that is normally uh, on your technical file on, uh, about the product. And the question that is always raising is that, okay, but um, I thought that if I have any significant change uh, then, and I am still a MDD and I'm going through this um, uh, soft transition period because I still have a certificate that is maybe a MDD certificate that is valid until May 26, 2024, for example. Uh, then if I have a significant change, then my certificate stops immediately and I have to be compliant to EU MDR. This, when you have a field safety corrective action, a vigilance reporting, and you have to make an update because of that, this is the case, a case that is mentioned on the guidance of so the MDCG 2020-3. Uh, this is a case where this has no impact uh, on your, it's not considered uh, as a significant change on the, on the chart. Uh, because mainly you have to do it, not because you want to do it. You have to do it because there is more damage if you don't do it. So the idea is that, is to say, if you don't do it, if you keep it like it is, because it's mainly the, the product that was certified, uh, then there will be a lot of damage. But if you make the change, there will be less damage. So then we are still under, under you are still under MDD, if I can say, uh, and the competent authority should agree about that. So as soon as the competent authority is agreeing about that, uh, then it's fine. So what is said is mainly that you go to the NDCG 2020-3, there is the main chart, so there is many charts, but the main chart, which says that design change related to corrective action that is assessed and approved by the relevant competent authority is not a significant change. So mainly this is uh, the sentence. So you can use that and you can mention that also to your notified body um, because the notified body also has to be informed about all those issues uh, so that you can prove to them that everything is fine and that there is no issue here. Okay. So I hope yeah, all the steps that I showed you are really answering your question or maybe helping you to put in place this process if you never have done that before. Um, so um, to summarize, you should have procedures within your quality management system uh, that covers all those elements. So covers the elements from beginning to the end of a vigilance reporting, also the forms to use, also the decision trees, so you can make a really announcement quickly, etc. cetera. Uh, and uh, remember also that there, there is some meetings to do with your team, with your management, etc., to really take a decision about that. Then you should work with your competent authority and notified bodies also. Uh, so as soon as you have an alert, because they have to be informed that there is an issue and that you are an, all is under control. Don't worry. Everything is under control. You have nothing to worry about. We are taking care of it. Then uh, as soon as you made your investigation and everything, you need to inform the public. So the field safety notice that there is a, a field safety corrective action that will be coming, a recall, a change or an adaptation or an information that be careful of this or be careful of that. Uh, so that the, the, the risk that an other issue happens is, uh, is decreased uh, a lot. And then all those information, all the forms, all the documents, all the things, etc has to be archived in your quality management system. So if tomorrow a notified body is asking you again, oh, can you show me the whole process that you have followed for doing that, uh, following your procedure, uh, then you have to show them all the documents and everything. You should not tell it to them, oh, we send that to the authorities and we don't have anything. No, you have to have a copy of all this so that you can show that to the, to the notified bodies. Okay, so this is mainly what I wanted to uh, tell you today about um, about uh, vigilance reporting. I know it looks more like a class, <laughs> but the objective is really to give you the high level information. If you have any any question, 
If you need any support uh, for putting that in place or whatever, don't hesitate to call me. Don't hesitate to uh, contact me at info at easymedicaldevice.com and we'll try to help you as much as we can for having this system in place and that uh, help you. If you have also some vigilance that happened uh, and then you need somebody that is really an expert to help you, guide you through all the process, don't hesitate to hire us also. I will be really happy to follow up with you and to help you to, uh, to guide you through all this process so that you are on the safe side also uh, okay so thank you for listening to all this and uh, if you are really um, liking what, what i'm doing if i can say on the youtube channel don't hesitate please to uh, provide uh, a like uh, comments also uh, just to say that you liked it because uh, it's also helping me a lot and don't hesitate to share that with all your colleagues that need that maybe your groups your whatsapp group telegram group etc uh, just that uh, people that need this process need to understand this process need to implement this process uh, are also uh, yeah fulfilling the, the right requirements following the MDR and IVDR as I've said all what I'm saying today is is, is the same for MDR and IVDR so uh, don't hesitate uh, to, to go through it also uh, again within the articles that I, I told you before okay so uh, thank you again for watching this thanks for your support and I wish you a nice day Thanks for listening. So if you like this episode, please provide a review on the platform where you are listening to it. And also don't forget to share it with your colleagues. Thank you very much.